Moms know the ups and downs of life. It's what makes them great subjects for books. This is one of the things that fiction can do, right? It can give us a window into the battles that each person is waging or facing, but it doesn't mean that we condone her actions. This week on NPR's Book of the Day podcast, we are discussing books centering mothers. So call your mom, then tune into the Book of the Day podcast from NPR. Today on The State of Ukraine, the key person in ending the uprising in Russia the leader of Belarus. I'm Greg Dixon. The full story of the recent uprising in Russia has yet to be told. Mercenaries from the Wagner Group took over a city, a Russian military headquarters, and started marching towards Moscow before abruptly turning around. We don't know exactly why the uprising ended so suddenly, but we do know a major player in resolving the dispute was Alexander Lukashenko, the strongman leader of Belarus. He's long had close ties with Russia and its leader, Vladimir Putin. NPR Moscow correspondent Charles Maines talked to Juana Summers about Lukashenko's role. So, Charles, both the Kremlin and the head of Wagner, Yevgeny Prigozhin, say the leader of neighboring Belarus was the key intermediary. So tell us, what was his role exactly? Well, Lukashenko says he was on the phone with Prigozhin and the Kremlin throughout the crisis. Uh, That allowed him to broker a deal by which Prigozhin agreed to pull back his forces in exchange for an amnesty deal for Prigozhin and his men uh, that includes Lukashenko hosting them in exile in Belarus. So, So that's the gist of the bargain that we know. Uh, Yet in televised meeting with his generals, Lukashenko shared all sorts of juicy details. Uh, For example, uh, the Prigozhin spent the first half hour yelling obscenities into the phone. And also this one, Lukashenko talked Putin out of murdering Prigozhin outright. Lukashenko says he told Putin, okay, we can kill him, no problem, but it's a bad idea. And Lukashenko said there wouldn't be any negotiations and Wagner's fighters would strike back. And even though Russia would win in the end, uh, thousands of civilians would die. Now, now it's hard to parse truth from false modesty here. uh, And Putin yesterday made clear the amnesty deal was his decision. uh, But no question about it, Lukashenko comes away looking like the cooler head in all of this. All sides are giving him credit for that. Okay, so that raises the question of why Lukashenko? What is the nature of his relationship with Putin? Well, Lukashenko has been the leader of Belarus for over two decades now, Uh, yet in 2020, uh, Lukashenko's hold on power appeared under threat after he was accused of rigging elections. And when hundreds of thousands of Belarusians took to the streets in protest, it was Putin who came to Lukashenko's rescue, providing financial aid and at least the threat of additional Russian forces to suppress the uprising. So so one way you could look at it is that these recent events, uh, Lukashenko is essentially repaying the favor. Yet I spoke with Yoheni Preyerman of the Minsk Dialogue Council, that's an international affairs think tank in the capital of Belarus, who said this was Lukashenko really protecting his own interests against the political opposition that fled Belarus in the 2020 crackdown, uh, but continued to hope for democratic change. And they were immediately saying that this whole situation creates a window of opportunity for us. So Lukashenko's exact interest was to ensure that no major destabilization happens in Russia because had that happened, a window of opportunity for the opposition would indeed have emerged. And Charles, I mean, Belarus is or is certainly one of Russia's closest allies. What role has the country played in the war in Ukraine? You know, ever since 2020, Lukashenko has been beholden to Putin for that help, and it's chipped away at Belarus's sovereignty. It's turned it into a client state of Russia's. And Putin since has been pushing for a long-stalled union state between the two countries to take hold, with Belarus clearly the junior partner. 
Uh, and even though Belarus isn't formally part of the war in Ukraine, in the sense that soldiers aren't fighting, uh, the country is nonetheless clearly Russia's ally in the conflict. Uh, Russia used Belarus as a staging ground to invade Ukraine. It's also using Belarus now as a storage facility for its tactical nuclear weapons. And the question now is, with Wagner forces apparently setting, sh setting up shop in Belarus, are they there to serve Russia's interest, or perhaps could Wagner be of use to Lukashenko? NPR's Charles Maines in Moscow, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The State of Ukraine from NPR News. Please come back for more on the war and its impacts around the world. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR.